I've uh, never ridden a donkey, but Wendy and I were in Greece a few years ago, and we were on an island called Santorini. It's a beautiful place. The terrain is very steep, and many tourists opt to ride donkeys. They are apparently very sure-footed, docile, and unbelievably patient with panicky American tourists who are convinced that the donkeys will dump them off the sides of the steep paths. Wendy and I chose to walk up and down the narrow switchbacks, and we passed a lot of people on donkeys, or rather they passed us. What struck me was the appearance of those donkeys. They typically had colorful blankets and head ornaments on them. In their regal calmness, they made me think of the references to donkeys in the Bible. You'll see why in a moment. Jesus was tried and crucified, and then arose from the dead to commission the apostles with these words. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. A handful of days before he was killed, Jesus rode a donkey into Jerusalem, something we celebrate on Palm Sunday. This is an edited version of what we read in the Gospel of Matthew. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humbled and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast, a burden. The crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut palm branches and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now the word Hosanna is Hebrew, and it translates literally to save now or save us now. The crowd's looking for Jesus to save them, to rescue them. They don't mean save us from sin or from an eternity separated from God. They mean save us now on earth. Save us from the Romans who have conquered us. They think Jesus can rescue them and bring them an earthly kingdom, which was, of course, very wrong. Jesus ended up bringing a heavenly kingdom, a spiritual kingdom. But why did Jesus cruise into Jerusalem, the holy city of the Jews, on a donkey? Okay, they didn't have nickel mines back then to make batteries for golf carts, and Uber had not yet made its way from California to Jerusalem. But seriously, why not a horse? They certainly had horses, and it would have been far more regal and far more fitting for someone who was about to create a spiritual kingdom to ride a horse, right? In truth, this is false on both accounts. 
Even the vast majority of wealthy Jews had no access to horses. And a horse was not the traditional mount for an Israelite king or ruler to ride. During the days of the judges, the military leaders of Israel before the kings, and later during the days of the kings of Israel, the royal ride was a donkey. Consider this from Second Samuel. When David had passed beyond the summit, Ziba, the son of Methibosheth, met him with a couple of donkeys saddled. The king said to Ziba, Why have you brought these? Ziba said, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride on. As some background, King David has fled Jerusalem because his son Absalom is trying to steal the throne from him. David comes across Ziba, a steward of Methibosheth, a son of Saul, the previous king. Ziba has fresh donkeys ready for King David and his entourage. The point is that King David doesn't ride a horse. He and his people, because of their high rank, their regal rank, ride donkeys. Consider a passage from the ninth chapter of Zechariah who prophesied in the period after the Babylonian exile. He emphasizes that salvation will come to the people of God when the temple, which was destroyed by the Babylonians, is rebuilt. This quote is a prophecy by Zechariah that says that once God defeats the enemies of Israel, God will send a righteous king. This king will unite the divided sub-kingdoms of Israel and then will have dominion over all the peoples of the earth. This king will be humble, but just so that there's no doubt about his rank and his power, he will ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, wait a second. Does that sound familiar? Let's look at the Gospel of John. All four Gospels describe this event. Matthew and John both reference this passage we have just read from Zechariah chapter 9. Here's John's version. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written. Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming sitting on a donkey's colt. As we have seen so many times before, the New Testament references what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. The people of Jesus' day, especially people in Jerusalem who were Jewish, would have easily recognized this reference to Zechariah, which makes it clear that Christ Jesus is indeed the fulfillment of an ancient prophecy whereby a humble king will ride a donkey into Jerusalem 
and then bring about a new kingdom. It's just that these people during both Zechariah's time and Jesus' time, and there's about 600 years between the two, thought that this would be an earthly kingdom. They thought that Jesus would conquer the enemies of Israel, which during Jesus' day were primarily the Romans, and institute a new Jewish theocracy run by the laws of God, not the laws of Rome. Let's continue with this notion of a humble but extremely powerful king. Let's look at Psalm 33. It's often used in Christian services, and it's attributed to King David. It's a hymn of praise focusing on God as the great creator. The thing to note about our passage is that in biblical times, horses were not used for agricultural or lay transportation purposes. Horses were used for pulling chariots in battle, and as a result, the horse was the favorite symbol of the military. This quote makes it clear that no army, no war horse, no earthly king, despite his military power, can save us. Only God can do that. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might, it cannot rescue. So we see that it makes perfect sense for Jesus to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. It was the peaceful form of transportation for a king who is secure in his ways and humble in his attitude. It was also an extraordinarily poetic and symbolic thing for Jesus to do. Everyone who saw him ride into Jerusalem knew from ancient scripture from the words of the prophets and of the ancient psalmists, that Jesus was the king who would save us all. Getting back to the Santorini donkeys, their owners seemed to have some sort of competition to see who could outfit their donkeys in the most beautiful way. They looked like they were prepared for King David and his entourage, or for the king who the prophet Zechariah said would one day come and save all the Israelites. Or maybe like the donkey that Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem. I could easily see these beautiful animals walking over the palm branches laid down by the throngs that had come to welcome their Savior, their ancient promised Messiah. Up until the point that I took a close look at the faces of these donkeys that were regally carrying clumsy tourists up a series of steep switchbacks, you see they had wire mesh muzzles on them. No, this was apparently not to keep them from biting Americans. We were told it's to keep them from eating random greenery they happened to come by. But let's look at the Gospel of Luke, at what Jesus says just as he's about to ride into Jerusalem on his regal donkey. This is from chapter 19. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, What would you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace? But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you, 
when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And you will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. There are a few ways of looking at this. Jerusalem means house of peace. And yet, this is not going to be the future of Jerusalem. For one thing, in the year 70 AD, about 35 years after this happens, Jerusalem would be destroyed by the Romans under King Titus. But Jesus also knew that he wasn't going to build an earthly empire and save Jerusalem from its enemies forever. He knew that these people didn't understand who he was or what he was trying to do. They didn't know that he would very soon be killed and that any hope that the Jews of Israel had of the Roman Empire being swept aside by a powerful, ruthless king would be dashed. Jesus also knew that his people would not live sinless lives, that over and over they would drift into evil ways of living. In fact, the people who are now laying down palm branches for his donkey to walk upon would soon be complicit in his death. These people who are asking him to rescue them would crucify him. Jesus was weeping for the city, for its occupants, and to all who would follow, including us. That is perhaps the big lesson of Christianity, that our God knows that we'll do wrong, knows that we'll behave in selfish ways. But rather than responding with blind wrath, God will weep for us. That's how much our God loves us. The best thing we can do as people of faith is accept with joy the kingdom that Jesus is bringing about and to understand that this is an incredible gift, one that allows us to live in joy now and forever. This kingdom is led by a humble king who had to borrow the donkey he regally rode into the city of peace. Thank you.